And obviously they're using like a, I think it was a gutter, a gutter percher at the time. And it's like for a ball to go over 300 yards with the equipment they're using was mental. Well, hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Bunker Podcast in association with Callaway Golf. Sorry we weren't here last week. There was just stuff going on. Alex was on holiday and you know what? We couldn't we couldn't do it without him. I mean, we could have, but we didn't want to. So we thought we've given you a trinity. We're sticking to that. We're not going to shortchange you. And frankly, Bryce and I talking for an hour and a half. It's had its day, I think. Bryce, Those good days morning. Are in, those days are in the past. Good morning. How are you doing? You well? Fine. I can't remember the last time I actually did a podcast, so this could be horrific. <laughs> do you remember how it was to in do the dry it? Gate. I think. Like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it yeah. was dry. Yeah. That's kind of different, wasn't it? But we'll uh, we'll plow on. Exactly. We'll see do, how we get. We'll do what we always do. So far, so good. You're talking into the right end of the microphone. So yeah. That is, so <laughs> that's two thumbs up. Success. Away. How? I've got two questions for you before we bring in Mr. Perry. Question number one, how is the grass? Because it's now end of the year season. How's the grass looking? People want to know, Bryce. It's covered in leaves, so I need to cut it. Uh, I, my wife asked me to cut it the weekend, and I um, kind of dodged out of that a wee bit, so it was a wee bit wet. Yeah. You can't so, cut the grass when it's wet. Don't you can't. I've tried to explain that to her, but she doesn't understand the concept of how lawnmowers work. Because you end up ruining your lawnmower with wet grass. And you have to go to the bin. People know this. You have to go to the bin about six or seven more Way times. Way too many times. And I'm I'm just not up for that. Well, that brings me to my second question. Because a man with a back in as bad a condition as yours, you can't be going back and forward. But it's all good. It's all good. You've turned a corner. I have turned a corner. We've been going to the Rice gym back up every day. So I was on holiday and I went to the gym every day on holiday. In between Superbox. In between Superbox. You were in Portugal, had, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I had salad. And uh, I had chicken Caesar salad. <laughs> salad in Superbock. Driving it up. Drowned by Superbock. Brilliant. And, uh, I went to the gym every morning. Very good. Quinta de Lago, you are yes. there or thereabouts. But, but, ladies and gents, for the first time in how many years you didn't play golf? Yes, I didn't play golf. I was just with the wife. Usually I go with my brother-in-law and we get a few games in, but I went with just the wife and my wee boy and my niece. And I decided not to play golf, which was a... You know what? This sounds terrible for a for a guy that works in the golf industry. I didn't miss it. Really? Yeah. But I did look at the South Course and I think the South Course just won like best course in Portugal again for like the fifteenth year in a row or something. It's absolutely amazing. I mean it just looked incredible. But no regrets. But no. Good I, on you. I walked past it and had a Caesar salad again. <laughs> I lost count of many Caesar salads I had, but no, it was good. Holiday. Are you now sponsored by some Caesar salad company? Yeah, Is there something you need to I would like tell to, us? I would like to be. If anyone out there has a Caesar salad business and would like to sponsor <laughs> Bryce, get in touch. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Bryce. Good to see you back. Alex Perry, associate editor of Bunkered. One day we'll know what that actually means, Alex, but for now, we'll just wing it. How are you doing? Oh, I just kept money put into the, my bank account at the end of the month <laughs> in return for writing some golf stories and chatting shit on this podcast. So, Hold on, you, you're getting paid. You can call me whatever the hell you want. I don't give a shit. That's why we call you talking. That's basically it. How are you doing? Exactly. You, you, you were off last week as well, weren't you? Yes, yeah, so I was enjoying the start. It's, it's sort of weird here. That our, our half terms sort of start at the end of the first week and then go through to the next week. Like when I was a kid, I'm sure half term was only a week. Like suddenly there's 
training days and all sorts of other reasons. Training days. I've never my children that. have to be yeah. at home irritating me rather than being at school and learning. So that, that I don't get. Like yeah, training days, you've got an entire summer. They're to off for train. seven I weeks. I, they're off for seven weeks. It's like footballers, but footballers don't stop like midway, like six games into the season and say, sorry, we can't play this weekend. We need to do more training. I mean, <laughs> come on, teachers, suck it up. I do know. some work. I, I want to distance myself from this criticism of teachers because not only was my mum one, but also they are unbelievable people. But yes, training days at the start of half term, absolute nonsense. You've got plenty of other time to do that. So it's my only criticism. I've, uh, I'm, I'm distancing myself it's from that. Pretty you, you can own that criticism, you two. We are literally slating an industry here. <laughs> Alex has just come wading in four minutes into this week's podcast and he's slid tackled Miss Jones or whatever her name is. So well oh, done. Man, Alex. Let's not do that. Slid, let's not do that. Slid tackled. I have got, can I, I, like can I just have a, can I just jump on the back? Seeing as you're talking about Bryce's back problems. <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, What's wrong I'm with going, you? I'm going to piggyback this. So I think, and I'm hoping maybe a listener or some listeners can help me here because I, I think I'm at the stage where I'm going to invest in a standing desk. Done it. One of those desks where you push the button and it raises up. I have one. It's Ikea. You so want to know I where would, to get one? I do, yeah. Ikea, Absolutely. it's £550. It's but the, you have to build it yourself then, don't you? It's the it's the second best £550 that I spent last Good. year. What you was the first? The first. <laughs> it's to do with my motorbike. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, we're not going to go there. No. £550, and yeah. it is amazing. It's really cool in meetings when you're in the middle of a Teams call and you decide, I'm going to stand up, and you just go, <laughs> Yeah. It's... Well, I think then my next question is probably, can someone lend me £550? Yeah. You're saying, Bryce, that it looks really cool in meetings. You're playing it fast and loose with the term really cool there. It's like, ladies and gents, I just need to pause for one second whilst I raise my desk. <laughs> it's all subjective, though, isn't it? Very much so. Should we do the golf podcast? Let's do it, shall we? <laughs> Listen, before we get going, a little round of applause all round for Team Bunkered. We are up for five awards at the PPA Scotland Awards. Regular listeners will know we were up for five awards last year and won nothing. But we're up for five again this year. We had a good night. Year. We had a brilliant night. Really good night. One of the team, I won't say her name, but Anne was on her way into the taxi and <laughs> fell at the end of the night. So yeah, we had a very good night, didn't we? But this year we are up for five awards. Bryce, remind me what we've got. We've got Editor of the Year. You're shortlisted for that. Consumer Magazine of the Year. You're being nice here. We're up for Podcast of the Year. Podcast yes. of the Year. That would be our third award. For the pod, that's yep, right. Third yep. award. Uh, could you please stop moving about? Noise. <laughs> we'll bring that person in in a minute. And you're being very humble, which I appreciate. You're up for Mr. McEwen is up for Columnist of the Year and Writer of the Year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you win one of those awards, they might start paying you. <laughs> they might heavy emphasis just, on the might just to clarify if you do win one of those awards you win both we will not be paying you more ah <laughs> someone else will then I'll need to speak to my <laughs> straight on to S1 jobs oh monster there we go there's a good one no so we are we haven't actually bought our tickets yet, but we are going to be at the Old Fruit Market, November 29th, for this glitzy ceremony. Win or lose, we'll have a great time. It's always a good laugh, isn't it? So, uh, look, in particular for the podcast, we only get shortlisted for things like that because you people listen because you seem to enjoy it. So, thank you for that. It is always appreciated when you tune in. 
and we'll let you know how we get on. If there's no podcast the week after November 29th, it's because we're all drowning our sorrows and yeah. basically can't face the shame. Who did we lose to last year? Actually, are we not up against the same person again? One of. So last year, for Pod, we were one of two shortlisted ones last year, so we had a 50-50 chance. And we lost it Jackie Bird, to, wasn't it? Yeah, Jackie Bird. Yeah. I never did like her, to be honest. I never no. like her once. No, I love Jackie Bird. No, I don't. And this year we're up against four podcasts. So well, I hope the judges don't listen chance. to this podcast before it's okay. they do. It's, it's out of category. Do you, think, do you think they've picked the winners already? I actually don't know. I actually don't know. Let's phone them up. Let's bring them in. I've always loved the PPA Scotland. They're great people. Nothing but great people. So, we'll let you know how we get on. But well done to all of the team. And thank you to, to all of you who are listening. From that, look, it's a bit of a... Bit of a strange segue, but on a sad note now, on a serious note, obviously we're very saddened to hear last week of the passing of Ivor Robson, the iconic starter at the Open Championship for over 40 years, I think it was. He finished up, his last one was St Andrews 2015. Bryce, Ivor and the Open, for people of our generation, yeah, yeah. they just go hand in hand, don't they? There was no Open without Ivor Robson. No, they were inextricably linked, as they would say. It, this sounds strange because he was he was a great man. Uh, he was very very humble, but I only really knew him by his voice. Yeah, and he had a tremendous voice. And there's certain people that have great tone in their voice, and his was quite a unique tone because it was. Uh, we're talking about tones and voice here. But, but let's get deep. But it was quite a high pitched tone. He didn't have the type of voice that the vast majority of the population have, which meant he stood out, mm -hmm. which sounds really strange to say, but it's a fact. It's His true, voice yeah. was very, very unique. We believe we were the first, or, sorry, the last uh, media that he, that he spoke to before he passed. And some of the things he said in that interview were really interesting. His, his chats with Tiger, some really well-known players. He was very, very humble. And as you know, because we had to arrange the interview through the RNA, who were fantastic at helping yeah, us brilliant. speak to Ivor because he doesn't like the limelight. Mm -hmm. He's not. He doesn't chase attention. fame or attention, yeah. and he's, he's he keeps himself to himself. And he, he agreed to to speak to us, and he uh, he it, it, it was fascinating. But he had absolutely no ego whatsoever, and I think everybody knew that and he appreciated it. Just the way he went about his business, he had a, he had a job to do at the Open, and he did his job. And he probably didn't do much else. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think a lot of people loved about him. I actually had the great pleasure of being introduced onto the team by yeah. him once. <laughs> so this was 2016 on the Monday of Open Week. The Open was at Royal Troon, as you'll remember. And TaylorMade put on this media versus trade sort of Ryder Cup style match. And they, for whatever reason, they invited me along to represent team media. I think they needed a hacker to balance the teams yeah. out. And... I had no idea when I showed up that, this was at Presswick, I should add, I had no idea when I showed up that Ivor was going to be there. So I walk onto the tee, there he is in the green blazer looking just immaculate, and standing next to him is Dustin Johnson, who Taylor made had brought along. If you remember, a couple of weeks earlier, he'd just won the US Open, his first major. So I've got the most recent major champion, and I've got Ivor Robson, a distinctive voice that everybody in golf knows, and I'm playing Presswick, which has probably the scariest first shot in golf because you've got the railway line all the way down the right-hand side and it just cuts in. The fairway gets narrower and narrower because of the railway line. So I'm looking at all this and my heart is going, 
like the clappers. And then it comes my turn to hit, and you just hear on the T, representing team media, Michael McEwen. <laughs> and I have, to this day, I have no idea how I managed to walk to the tee, let alone put the ball down. I'm standing, Dustin's there looking at me. I can feel his eyes burning into the back of my head. And I'm going, I'm about to twat one right into the 10.35 out of Glasgow Central coming yeah, down yeah, here. Yeah. But it's, it, I wasn't so nervous because of Dustin. It was Ivor that made me nervous because, not because he's got a big, scary personality, but because of what he means and meant to the game. Alex, I'm sure you've got your own memories of, of Ivor Robson, but... What do you think going forward would be a good tribute to Ivar from the RNA? Because I presume they'll do something. Bryce summed it up really nicely there, about everyone's feelings about him. I was, when I was at ESPN, I was lucky enough to be involved in a, a fun little video that we did, which was headed up by the ever hilarious Michael Collins. And we got a number of tour players, including Rory McIlroy, to to do an impression of Ivor Robson, which was, I mean, who else in golf would you do that for? I like, who else that. could yeah. have that? Like, I've it was seen just that video, it was really good. Martin Keimer, I remember being yeah. Martin really good. Keimer was very, yeah. very funny. So yeah, incredible, incredible man, incredible human in every way. I was lucky enough to interview him many years ago and just, uh, and you know, I, I can't speak highly enough of him. And, you know, I, I tweeted after his death and said, they'll still be talking about this guy at the 250th open because mm-hmm. that will be his, his legacy. And that I, when on the day he died, I remembered a tweet that you sent out, Michael, uh, during the open. And then I know we, we pushed that tweet again <laughs> and, it, and it went viral. Even Mr. Montgomery got involved. So as it was your idea, I'm going to push it back to you and let you explain it. Cause I, I, I can't think of anything better than this at all. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've actually had a bit of grief about this particular idea. I've had uh, That's interesting. a couple of people saying all he did was read names. Of course, they wouldn't say it publicly. Yeah. They would just you know message me privately about it. All I mean, they did was read names. I mean, unbelievable. How, Jesus we, we can go for a wee for like 10 hours. We can all be reductive. You know what I mean? All Tiger did was hit a ball. You know, exactly. if, if you want to yeah. reduce people that far, you crack on. But I think a, a nice tribute would be, as the, as the first tee experience gets bigger and bigger at golf tournaments, and the Open is, is joining into that with that sort of intimate horseshoe grandstand that it puts in place at most venues, I think just renaming that stand the Ivor Robson stand, whether just for next year or for a period of time or permanently, would be or quite every an appropriate time way to in do it. St Andrews. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. 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 It's just a nice way to remember him. I'm, I'm sure that they'll have his, his green blazer will be there on the the podium. Next year, I, I would suspect, I'm, I'm sure that Martin Slumbers will, will say something as well. But for me, that's just a, a nice little touch because he's synonymous with the first tee of the Open in a way that no player is. Famous players, you think about their wins on the 18th green. No one thinks about Sebi on the first tee. Isn't I, think, keep, about yeah, the 18th I green. think about keeping identity to the, the Open Championship is key because the golf world is... We'll come to it later. The golf run is rather fractured at times, isn't it? And uh, well, I think yes. keeping <laughs> keeping identity to the open and that first tee, I think, would be a really good thing to do. Because yep. you look at what you know, we don't all have to do it the same. Look what Augusta does. They just have some southern guy shouting, "Now nah, driving, please, now nah, driving." I like that. I think it's that's great, isn't that, it? that's total Georgia. I love it. So the open could do something. He was the complete opposite of that. Yeah. And celebrate it. You know what? We don't all have to be the same. So I think your your idea was really clever and I'll hopefully they follow through on it. It'd also be remiss before we move on of us not to make mention of the, the passing of Kevin McAlpine, former Scottish amateur champion. Bryce, you and I knew Kevin relatively well. We had dealings with him over the years. 
He went on to be a caddy for Lexi Thompson very successfully, it must be added, and also worked on the bag of Amy Yang. Martin Laird, his, his former Scottish youth teammate, I believe yeah. he was. Kevin passed away suddenly last week, only 39 years old. He was married to Anna Nordquist. I understand that they were, they were separated at the time of his passing, but very sad news indeed that, that Kevin's no longer with us. He was a great lad and a, a character as well, wasn't he? He was a character. We were involved with him, um, got to know him quite well during the Bunkered Match Play Challenge, which was... Uh, <laughs> now that's a whole that's, other podcast. That's a whole other podcast and actually a really good idea. And uh, he was... He was one of the senior players in that side to get his teammates going. He was very talkative. He was good fun all week. And he, he you know, his playing career was cut short due to injury and a few niggles and it just never really got going. But he was a, you know, a very, very well-respected caddy. Yeah. He was great with Lexi. It's just the, listen, it's really sad. Yeah, tragic, uh, isn't it? It is tragic. He's... um 39 years old, what can you say? Yeah, it's no age. And obviously the thoughts and best wishes of everyone at Bunkard and the extended team here are with Kevin's family and friends at this time. So, yeah, very sad indeed. Okay, we will move on because we have a very special guest has just joined us in the studio. <laughs> That's good, by the way. I'm actually, I'm actually going to go to the marketing team and get you a drum kit. <laughs> Because the rhythm behind use, that price was I know, unreal. Uh, I do have good rhythm. I could just use GarageBand on my phone, but it won't be the same. <laughs> we are joined by a very special guest in the studio, which feels mental to say because he's our colleague. But <laughs> he's also, for the purposes of this pod, he is one of the most exciting men in golf this week. And I don't say that lightly, and I'm not taking the piss when I say it. Fresh from Atlanta, Georgia, he finished third in the World Long Drive Championships. It is our gear editor, Mr. James Tate, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! All right, lads. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not how he speaks for a start. No, it's not. James, welcome. Thank you for joining us. We've been wanting to bring you on the pod for a while to talk about this, that and the other. But this week is the perfect week because of what you did last week at the World Long Drive Championships. Just to give people a bit of context, that is as big as it gets. That event is as big as it gets in the world long drive scene. All of the the big hitters are there. Kyle Barkshire and so on. Martin Borgmeyer, the defending champion. James, you went out there. This was your third time playing in it. And you finished third. And you also had the longest ball all week. For the listeners' benefit, before we get into all the nitty gritty of the week and how it all went for you, how long was that ball? Yeah, 452 yards. <laughs> yeah, it's, men it's, it's, it's mental. Absolutely mental. It, it was one of those shots, I'm sure everyone's like had one where they're on the range of the course and you just hit the most perfect ball and like that's just not going anywhere but straight. And you'll see my reaction. There's a few bits on social and stuff like that. And I just, as soon as I hit it, I watched it and I was just like, Come on! Like, I, was, I was literally just going absolutely mental. There's a great video that's been shared by the World Long Drive Championship Twitter account out of you hitting that shot. There's two things that struck me. One, I've never seen you look so serious yeah. in all the time I've known you. You were properly dialed in. 
And then you turn around when they announce how far it was and you give it the big and, you know, the are you not entertained from Gladiator? Yeah, I yeah, know, it was a little bit. Uh, I channeled my uh, inner Russell Crowe there. It's like, it's a no one else! What were you expecting from the week? Because when you went into the top 64, when you when you got in that, I thought, oh, that's, that's, that's a result. Am- that's amazing. And then top 32, I thought, holy, this is unbelievable. And we were texting, Michael and I were texting each other, Alex, like, yeah. This is nuts. What yeah. were deep down? What were you expecting? I know. I know. There's been a couple of times where I was like joking around and just be like, "Yeah, I'm. I'm my, my numbers are ridiculous at the minute, and I feel like I'm one of the fastest lads on the planet." Which, in hindsight, I was kind of joking when saying that in terms of my ball speeds and stuff because I was getting like 226, and then I got 229 ball speed uh, before going out there, and I was kind of like looking at Kyle Barcher, Martin Bogmeyer and all their, their numbers, and they're getting 230 plus. And I'm just thinking, well, the ball we're hitting isn't the highest compression it can be. So you're only going to get so much out of that golf ball. And the golf ball we were using that week is a Bridgestone E9, and I think it's around about 95 compression or something like that. Right. So I felt like everything I was doing leading up to that, I'm like numbers-wise and speeds, so I'm like, I can hang with the best here. I just need to make sure I'm optimizing ball flight and everything else. Um, so going in, I know I was joking around with you boys. I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm bringing back that belt. But I generally went in thinking, when I was standing on the range in that group of you know 128 men in the in the in that first group, I'm like, I'm hitting the ball really good here. I like I, I, I fancy I fancy myself this week, and I could see it. And I was just you, like, you, you so dialed you in. You said you said at the Euro when you went to the European like you said before you left the office you said I'm basically one of the fastest in Europe you said my numbers are my numbers are there yeah you missed just for context people might not know this but you missed out on what was it a semi-final spot in that yeah, by about um, eight inches yeah it was six it had just gone out by six inches six inches out of bounds just yeah. yeah so so the way it works is we have basically a runway, which is it can be anywhere from forty-five to sixty yards wide. Forty-five yards wide. I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah, which is when <laughs> that duck hook's not going to work, nice. <laughs> yeah. So, so like when you're when you're hitting the ball, obviously a, a long way. The margin for error is really really small because the further it goes. Like it can't be, it can't be deviating offline because it it will look like it's just going off the planet. Now the one that went out by six inches in the European champs, I did pretty much a similar kind of like, you know, fist pump, come on kind of thing. Not to the extent of what I did at the World Champs. And for them to call it back, it's like, yeah, it's just bounced out by six inches. I was like, are you because the piss? you you could have gone in as the European champion as well if. if- if that had gone your way, because you were flying at that point, so you've yeah. carried on that sort of good form into the what into the world, and it's just exploded. Yeah, I think it's it's all kind of confidence building. I kind of knew where I was at, and I was like, I felt pretty good. I've been working really hard with obviously Andy Cheese, my coach, and then previous to that, Andy know, Cheese, what a great name! It's amazing, he, isn't it? He's a, he, <laughs> that's a proper name, brilliant name. I know he's he's he's, he's a top. I'm looking for top a look. cheese. <laughs> <laughs> A cheese. Do you ever just counter, call please? him Gorgonzola? <laughs> Wensleydale. <laughs> I love cheese. I love cheese. I anyway, do. stop taking the anyway, piss sorry. out. This guy's coached you to greatness. We shouldn't be picked. I know, this. I know. And um, you know, big out, uh, big shout out to Lee Cox as well, who obviously took me from pretty much day day dot as well and got me into like 
you know, a position where I was able to win long drive tournaments as well. And Andy's just been able to keep an eye on me and, and make sure my efficiency and my, my swing has just got that little bit better yeah. as well. So that's, you know, big hats off to him. But yeah, it's just, it's just been a mental week. Tell me about nerves. Because the big thing, you got to the last eight, Michael was literally punching the air <laughs> in a team. In a, in a, what's that call with me? Like, he's fucking in the last eight. Yeah. What um, were the nerves like? It's going to sound really weird, but I wasn't nervous because I was so in the moment mm -hmm. and I was just like, we spoke kind of like on a voice note on WhatsApp and you, you were just saying it just sounds so locked in. And that's literally all it was. I think... The great thing about what I do is I can go up onto that stage and I'm in total control and nobody else is. So I'm literally standing there and just like, right, it's me against me essentially because I know what I'm capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And luckily I pulled that out, obviously against Bryce Verplank. Sorry, Bryce Verplank. And <laughs> cool, name. cool name though. I know, great name. He's, he's, he's probably the player of the year. He's won, I think it's two or three times in the World Long Drive Tour this year. Really? He's been very impressive. Not 452 yards impressive. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. Do you all go on with each other? Yeah, we do. It is it is tough when you get to those kind of final eight stages because it is match play. It's just heads up match play. Yeah. Um, and someone, unfortunately, is going home. Obviously, that was Bryce in the, the quarterfinals and then myself in the semis. See, when you beat Bryce, did you think, I've just beaten Bryce, that's brilliant. <laughs> a little bit of that. I'll get it right up here. <laughs> do, do you know? Do you know what? This is going to sound like a complete dick, but um, when I when when I hit that four four five two, I was tempted to throw my three balls back in the bucket, <laughs> <laughs> like because it was the longest ball of the tournament, and the only person that had had anything near that was Kyle Barcher with four fifty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then for me to do that, I was just like bloody hell. Because like, this is weird, because this sounds ridiculous, right? I've never seen you hit a golf ball in person. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. Never seen day. you hit a golf ball in person. So you see it on TV. It's kind of mind-blowing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> How are we going to get that head back to the door? This is a nightmare. It's, it's not my head, boys. Those balls. Unbelievable. <laughs> Wheelbarrow. So there's things, I was, I was I was having family dinner when, when you were going through your thing, and yeah. there was loads of questions that people were asking me about, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure the vast majority of people listening to this will not know a lot about the gear, what mm. what it looked like. You're talking about the compression of the golf ball. Yeah. I didn't know that you played a Bridgestone ball and everyone has to play the same ball. Yeah, it's not bring your own ball. It's not BYOB. Yeah, not, <laughs> not no, so tell us what kind of golf ball it is. And also, I was on a call with our a sponsor, podcast sponsor Callaway the other day and we we're obviously talking about you. Mm -hmm. And because you were using a paradigm driver, and they were like the guy Callaway was keen to stress that you just make sure that it, we don't talk up the long drive driver. It's not that one <laughs> you want people to buy because they can't buy it. It's so you play a non-standard paradigm driver, but it's a long driver. Tell me about it. Yeah, so Callaway have a paradigm long drive head, which is extremely hard to get a hold of, and it's made for one reason and one reason only. And that is to hit 452 yard drive. Yeah. And um, it's comes in at four and a half degrees. Right. And it can be adjusted. And I adjust it lower to 3.5. So 3.5 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. So you've probably got the same loft on your putter, essentially. But it's a reinforced titanium face. So you'll have some drivers which, like if I was to take uh, a driver 
off the off the rack and just hit it normally. The way the face is designed, it's slightly thinner because you want to be able to have a little bit more forgiveness, more ball speed. But if I'm a, I, I, if I was to take a driver like that off the shelf and hit it as hard as I was with my long drive swing, it would probably last about 150 to 200 hits yeah. if I was swinging it for the fences. Yeah, the faces, geez. the faces wouldn't be able to handle the speed because your your speed is obnoxious. What is your and, speed just now? So that's an interesting question. So. I was actually faster probably three weeks before going to Worlds, and I I reckon I was I taxed my central nervous system out and just done way too much because I was feeling awful, like I was feeling a little bit slow, not not necessarily as fast. So I actually had to take about three or four days of not doing anything just to try and recover mm. to get ready for it. Um, so before I was probably low 150 mile an hour clubhead speed and then 225 to 226 ball speed. But out in the States, I was probably closer to 148. So I wasn't quite firing at all cylinders. If I'm, but if I'm right, I think that is almost double what sort of lower average swing speed in Britain would be for the majority of golfers. Yeah, I think most people are going to be about 95 to 100 yeah. mile an hour clubhead speed. Maybe not, e- maybe not even that maybe much. Not yeah. Even, yeah. Maybe not even that much. Yeah, true, actually. I forget. Yeah. Sometimes I forget. I'm in that. You've like not seen point me w- swing the club yet, James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you takes all day to get from the top of the backswing to the ball. I feel, I feel sorry the, for the caddy at Augusta. The, <laughs> did you have to bring up Augusta? <laughs> yes. yes. Goodness sorry sake. about that. Playing so, in Georgia this year is not for all members of oh the Lincoln staff. God. <laughs> so tell me about the shaft, the grip. What kind of shaft do you have on it? So it's a TPT shaft, which is a. It's been co- it's become incredibly popular on the long drive scene because it is 195 CPM. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically the softness of the shaft. So it's probably closer to a regular flex. Right. And um, so when you have it in your hand, it's like a fishing rod. Yeah. But it's incredibly strong because it's like a, it's rolled carbon. So what you have with a traditional driver shaft is most graphite shafts will be sp- have a spine to them. Mm-hmm. This thing doesn't, so you can change the adjustability of it and it's going to perform the same way no matter where you turn it. And they're just awesome. And it is super soft, it's flexible, but it is one of the most stable shafts I've ever used in a long drive setup. What would happen if, say, I, a very bog-standard club golfer, was to pick up your long drive driver and try to swing it? Like, genuinely, what what would be the, the most likely outcome there? So, so, so first of all, it's 48 inches, so it's probably the same For height the as you. For the love of God! <laughs> <laughs> ah, so, hey, so once the uh, cut it down... <laughs> <laughs> that like, was James Tate, like, everyone. Thank you for coming. Thank on. you. Take your wages. That's like getting your dad's cut down something. I've got a petition to our podcast host. Can we have James on every week? Uh, not after that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. once we trim it, what yeah, was so, so, so obviously, like you've got your long dry shafts. Now, these will come in at 46 and a half raw. Okay. So. You'll then, so I take them to, I'll either t- take them to like SGGT in Swanston or I'll take them to Admalega Octolones. Mm-hmm. And he'll obviously take a little bit off the tip or the butt and make sure that they are 48 inches long, obviously with the, with the head connected. Now you can get these shafts in a, in a plane setup, which is going to be 45 and a half or 46, whatever you prefer. It will change the kind of characteristic of the shaft, but not like a, hu- a huge amount, shall we say. 
that there's so many different options in that TPT range. It is mental. So I've got a 21 high, but it goes all the way down to like, uh, I think it's 14 high. Now you can also go the other way. Now high just means high launch. That's mm-hmm. all it's going to do. So you're going to get a high launch on that one. You need, you need it with 3.5 degrees in the driver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because like all you're going to do with that loft is it's going to be low spinning anyway. So you want to launch it as high as possible. Yeah. So the ball's going to carry as far. And then we can talk about descent angles, blah, blah, blah. But after that, you've also got the low range as well. So if you do hit it high, you can get a lower launching shaft uh, option as well. And again, there's... 14 to God knows what else. But Jason Day uses a TPT uh, shaft as well in his driver. And uh, he's about the same height as me, so uh, there's, that, there's, there's some hope. Uh, Let's well, hope, yeah. There, uh, I mean, um, but yeah, <laughs> a lot of hope needed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, is, Michael, I'm just absolutely uh, rinsing you right now. Absolutely brilliant. It. Give him more. Brilliant. <laughs> so you're obviously, you felt as though you were He's in a high chair right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's always in a booster seat. Yeah, I know, it's a cherry picker. You, um, <laughs> so you you didn't feel physically ready to go during the week. So you, so people don't know. See, when James comes in the office, James comes in with all sorts of pills and creatine and... Legal pills. Legal pills. The odd bit of train, but... Yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> I come in like with a lot of kind of nutrition stuff. I'm like, I'm quite quite big in it i'm just making sure that everything i'm doing is helping my recovery to m- make sure that the next day because i'm training like five days a week like a lot yeah. of people don't realize like a lot of the guys in that last 16 were all incredible athletes like mm-hmm. we take it very very seriously and i think that's where the sport's going like if you look at all of those guys in that top 16 any one of those boys could win a world championship. It was the most stacked field I've yeah. ever been a part of. And I think even the boys from Europe as well. Mm. Anyway, going back on topic, like it's protein, like multivitamins, everything just to help with recovery, creatine as well, because going to the gym and then trying to swing a golf club as fast as possible, or even just trying to swing a golf club after doing a gym session is so taxing on your central nervous system. And that's why going out, I was just like, I was probably doing a little bit too much because I was upping the amount of times I was trying to push speed. But that's why I had to kind of take four days off and I wasn't necessarily firing on all, on all cylinders. And but you were out there yourself, weren't you? You were, you were on your own? Uh, no. Oh, I thought you were. No family members, though? No family members. Yeah. No, uh, Caitlin wasn't with me. But there were five other guys, uh, Europeans, with me as well. So I was out there with James Brosnan, Luke right. Curtis, Henry Woodman, Aaron Lenny, and Finn Quaid. These cool. names are amazing, by the I way. I know. It's brilliant. I know. They are absolutely brilliant names. You never get a John Edwards taking part <laughs> in the world long time. And next on the tee, Alan Smith. <laughs> it sounds like one of those uh, indie bands that got together because like, one, of them, one of their mums is famous. So they, they've made it in the industry because they've got contacts. Yeah. yeah. Not so much NWA as so, <laughs> WLD. <laughs> Jesus. While you, just while James was talking, though, I just looked it up. Uh, the average Premier League football pitch is 115 yards. So, what, so James's 452 is what, three and a half? Football pitches, bloody yeah! When you put it like that, now people, yeah, some people yeah, won't know this. Mental. Is it your great uncle? Is it? So my great great uncle, Mister Fred, Mister Freddie Tate. Freddie Tate, tell us about Freddie Tate. 
So my great-great-uncle is two-time British amateur champion in 1986 and 19... Uh, sorry, no, 1896. I was going to say, I know, not 1986. I was like, that, that was that. I was <laughs> it's like, definitely that not your great-great-uncle. No. I mean, I know it's St Andrews and everything, James, but... Caelan's going to be giving me a goal later on. It's like, you're just crap with numbers, and I'm a maths teacher, so I'm going to be getting in the net. But no, um, 18, 1896 and 1898, he was British amateur champion. But he was known for... It's weird. Like the whole thing's weird how how it kind of goes. But he was known for hitting one of the longest balls. <laughs> like they actually, I can't remember where it was. I'll need to do my research again. But play play was stopped to measure how far this ball went, and it went over three hundred yards. And obviously they're using like a I think it was a gutter a gutter percher at the time. And it's like for a ball to go over three hundred yards with the equipment they're using was mental. So that's when the rollback debate started. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same people still talking about it now. <laughs> John hugging back then, we need to stop this. <laughs> <laughs> the ball's going too far. I genuinely I do wonder if there were people at that time who were aggrieved by how far the ball was going. I would think so. I mean if you, you see it now happening in modern day golf, there's a hundred hundred percent. Because there's guys who are like incredibly accurate but obviously quite short. And then there's the guys who are you know, bombing it. But again, it's just like, all I see is it's just the adaption of like golfers and just like being more athletic and actually understanding how the body and biomechanics of the golf swing move and trainers getting better knowledge. We're just in an era where, you know, golfers are athletes, pure and simple. They are now. Yeah, they're like, they're unbelievable. I mean, you look at Roy McIlroy, he absolutely tanks it. That ball is just optimized to absolute kingdom come, and he's just he's got it on a rope. Bryson DeChambeau, same thing. Mm-hmm. Like he's obviously gone and used. You did. You did better than Bryson did last year. Bryson got to last eight, didn't he? Yeah, but he got. Uh, he didn't. No, go f- no, no, no. He went. He was runner up. He, he was runner up. He was he runner up? Second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, he, 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 I feel bad now. Yeah, no, thanks for that. He did almost as well. As it's almost yeah. as well as Bryson. I know. Bittersweet. Bitter I know what you're sweet. saying about athletes and everything, but. Maybe your family have these pictures, but did anyone see Freddie Tate with his shirt open? Maybe he was ripped. And maybe he had washboard abs, for all we know. <laughs> maybe like he was wrapped on, up underneath these Maybe he was on trend. There, there, there is a photo. No, no, no. It's funny you say that. There is a photo somewhere. I'll need to find find it. But there is a photo of him on St. Andrew's Beach, just on like trunks on a golf club. Really? Yeah. Old like, Tom Morris in the background. Golf! <laughs> Put your shirt on. What are you doing? Freddie the Rock Tate. <laughs> so the question You're scaring is, the children. <laughs> so what now? Obviously your job. That's You're not going to leave, are you? Uh, you're going to be Mr. Big Time and hand in your notice after this. No, ab- no absolutely not. I would, I would never do that. I think, just as well. I think for me, it's just making sure that you know, on the off season, put in the work. Just don't stop what I'm doing because quite clearly it's working. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, yeah, just keep keep plug plugging away and just try and get fa- faster, uh, essentially, and see if I can catch up with the likes of Kyle Berkshire and Martin yeah. Bogmar in terms of ball speeds and stuff like that over the off season. And then, look at you know, 2024 is like a you know a, a launch pad into you know what I've done at the end of this year and just kind of go into the next year and just absolutely smash it. And that's kind of kind of where we are because I proved to myself that not only can I hang with the best, but I have what it takes to go the whole distance. Yeah, yeah. Um, because if I if I probably hit a ball slightly better or maybe with a little bit less spin, I would have beat Sean Johnson in that semi final, and I would have been in the final. Tell me about the semi final. I'll be the negative one. I'll, I'll go to the disappointing part of the week because yeah. 
as we've said, it was an extraordinary performance, James. I mean, mm. I didn't know what to expect from you when you went out there. Yeah. I, I knew that you were long, I knew that you were fast, but I also knew you were going up against the longest and the fastest in the world. So mm. I, I had no idea where you could go. Yeah. In my head, I'm thinking, if he gets to last 32, that's exceptional. Last 16, wow. Yeah. I mean, you went two better than that. Yeah. Semi-finals... So you ha each have six balls, so, three at a time. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you how it works. So might as well talk about the round robin and how that works as well, because like, like it starts, at, there's 128 guys. And to think that there was 128 and then I finished third out of all of them in the world is just mental to, to, like, I never expected to get there. But what you have is you have eight groups of 16. Now the top eight of each group advance. So it goes from 128 to 64 to 32 to 16 to eight. And then the eight is just heads up match play based on the seeding on where you finished after that top 16. So one will play eight, two will play seven, etc. But what you have is six balls each. Now, in the semi-final, they were doing it a little bit different for TV. In the round, in the round robin in the group stages, there would be four guys on a tee box hitting six balls. You have two minutes and 30. Longest ball out of that gets 200 points. Second is 100 Third is 50 and four is... Two minutes and 30. I'm going to 25. Honest, that's not a lot of time. Not I, much I, watch, time is I watched that on YouTube and it's not a lot of time. The guys look as though they're rushing. Mm -hmm. Is that not a bit strange? Um, so I would like a good hour and a half. <laughs> 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 recovery. I'd like to test the course first. Yeah. <laughs> it's Tossing the grass up. <laughs> <laughs> Doing aim point on the tee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no it's um it, i think because i'm used to it, it it's not that bad and you yeah. get a you get a rhythm for it and you kind of can roughly tell i'm usually quite hit quick at hitting the first three balls like i'll probably do it almost in a minute 15 or a minute and then for whatever reason if i've decided to absolutely cock it up then i'll take my time on the, on the next three and really just focus on the line that i'm trying to hit because there was there was a couple instances in the actually in the the first round of the top 16, I'd hit 5 OB and I just had to kind of like say to myself, like, what the bloody hell are you doing here? Come mm. on, like, like pull your finger out. And I did. And I managed to, I managed to tie with Ryan Gregnall and get 150 points for first place. Now, the funny thing is, if Ryan Gregnall had won that and got 200 points and I got 100, I potentially could have been knocked out because of that. Jeez. And Ryan Gregnall would have got got through that's fine margins isn't it but ryan gregnell didn't get through and missed out by 25 points <sighs> so that's how meant that's how crazy yeah. it was like usually the way the way the points work if you've got like 500 points or something like that you're usually you know guaranteed safety but when you've got 16 guys you can beat each other it's so stacked in terms of the points and you and you kind of see that in the in the end but yeah it's just it's just me mental but semi-final we got there i wasn't nervous it was just it was the only set i hit where i just for whatever reason didn't get one away and that and that's literally all it was yeah, yeah the boy like, that beat you had to hit his biggest drive of the entire oh, tournament just to beat you though yeah i mean well he's he was 405 was it five or four yards sean johnson mm -hmm. so like he hit a really good ball um, the one I did hit, which was 393, I just spun it a bit. If I'd actually optimised the flight, it would have gone about 410 already. That's my problem as well. Yeah. I never yeah. can quite optimise my flight. <laughs> optimising the flight is your biggest issue in golf. It is, yeah. If I ironed that out, honestly, I think 
I'd probably win the Open. You'd be 175, 178 yards. Don't beat yourself up about it. <laughs> there's a serious question. As long as it's out there. I mean, Alex, you've been on launch monitors plenty of times. What, what's the longest drive that you've hit, or even at your best guess, what do you reckon the longest that you've ever been able to hit it is? I don't know. I think I've... Uh... I've, I've got a sense memory of playing with a mate years ago where we were basically playing on links course and the arse end of Cornwall and we were hitting down a hill and it just bounds and bounds and bounds and obviously it goes over the 300 mark. But that's obviously with a lot of factors with wind and the course. But look, I mean, it's just absolutely ludicrous. I mean, I was talking to James ahead of the tournament and, and perhaps actually, James, you'd like to speak about this yourself, but yeah. I'm absolutely fascinated by how it affects you when you're actually just playing a round of uh, normal golf mm. with your mates because I look at this is in football as well you've got these these skills guys who have got millions of followers on TikTok and YouTube or whatever but put them on a football field in a team of 11 and these guys have got no tactical now you're, you're talking about and just, the cost from pitch addict aren't you absolutely <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> so like we we know you're a good golfer but are you standing on the tee when you're just having a little knock with your mates around the Dukes or wherever and you're thinking, I've got to change my swing to actually get round here? Yeah. I, look, I, the long drive swing is completely different. It's a massive yeah. overswing. You'll look at it and be like, bloody hell, it's John Daly. Um, in comparison. Well, a lot better looking. Well, thanks, Bryce. Stop, no stop flirting with me. <laughs> I'll leave you two boys to it. <laughs> it's just a sound. keep you on my side before you start slagging me. Like I know, it's a soundproof room. No, uh, <laughs> Um, but no, yeah, it, it does. It does change. I think even with a play a play driver, it still goes. This is going to sound so arrogant, but it does go about three fifty, three sixty. So, like for me, a lot of the time, I don't actually take driver out the bag unless it is straight down, like on a par five. So, so was, I'll hit four irons a lot of the time. My, but it still goes like two eighty. My father in law said, because he knows I, I, a lot of people know that I hit the ball a long way. Mm. My father and Easy now. Given You're it, in company. You know, why don't you? Why? Why? Why don't you? Try, have you ever tried that? Why don't you try that? I really? Said, yeah, I, I see that. I said, Jim, I said, I, you can't quite comprehend how good James is compared to me. <laughs> said, now my, I've, I can hit the ball a long way. I mm -hmm. think I've, I've gone three forty, three fifty, mm -hmm. but that's with wind downhill, Sperm. and it's not regular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I was trying to explain to him that he is a hundred yards further than me and that's my best ever mm -hmm. and he just oh <laughs> and there's that realization that that is a different that's a different planet that's why i one of my things that we're going to do over the winter period is we are going to go and play golf we're going to go to the range yeah i think we're all going to go and you're all going to give us a lesson uh, and uh, to be honest i think we should film it yeah I, I, for our youtube I, channel absolutely. and have a bit of a laugh like you if you can get me an extra 175 yards yeah 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 i'm all over it mate <laughs> e easy if you could get michael 10 that'd be good we'll just get him hitting it straight to be fair yeah. <laughs> hitting it would be <laughs> optimizing ball flight. optimizing ball flight. that's no, all i'm interested in that's my swing thought i think um i think once once you get like the launch monitors down and stuff like that and you start looking at, at numbers it it does make it quite easy to pick apart what you need to do just to be able to get like an extra three mile an hour club head speed, get your get your path and delivery of the club head at impact like into a better better position. And you'll you'll see fifteen, ten yards like like with a click of a switch, like mm. dead dead easy. You just don't realise you have it have it yeah. in you. But you just it's just getting someone that understands how, how to do it to obviously get you in there. Yeah. 
a position. But yeah, no, that'll be that'd be a lot of fun. Fantastic. Look, James, we are running out of time, I'm afraid, but it would be absolutely remiss of me, Bryce, Alex, not to once again give you massive props for incredible performance last week. Genuinely, we were buzzing. I, I can't remember ever being so excited to watch a golf tournament where you know, Tiger Woods wasn't involved or Rory wasn't involved. I was absolutely all in last week. What you did was unbelievable. You should be immensely proud. I'm, I hope that doesn't sound patronising or condescending, but you should be, yeah. you know, third in the world. That yeah. is unbelievable. We're chuffed to bits for you. thought you did as massively proud. You did yourself proud too. So absolutely. very yeah, well done. No, very no, well done. Th- thanks very much. No, I really appreciate it because like when, like I didn't look at my phone like once. So like when I came off and I was finishing, the only time I think I looked at it when I was like, it was on TV and obviously not on not on YouTube, so no mm. one could really follow it. That's why I was like, let's just hit one five two, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> and through to the second final. But that was that, that was the only time I ever yeah. looked at my phone. Like I barely spoke to my mum, I barely spoke to Caitlin. Like I was so locked in pretty much the ho- the whole week. So when I did come off, my phone was obviously blowing up. So like yeah, all the messages from from you boys and and everyone else, I can't thank everyone enough for all the support. Right before I start crying like Andy Murray here, but like it was. I mean, he looks a bit like him as well. I mean, people oh, will be listening not to this. He sounds, no, he sounds a wee bit like him. Does he look like him too? No, he's better looking than Andy Murray. Careful, we're trying to get Andy yes. on the podcast. Yeah. Right, right, he's, yeah, he's like him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where can people find you on social media if they want to see what this swing looks like? Well, it's tattooed over World Long Drive, but my Instagram handle is James Tate Golf. So you can fi- find me on there. And then James Tate 89 on Twitter as well. And it's James Tate Golf on TikTok. James Tate also. 89. 89, coincidentally, is the furthest I've ever hit it. So <laughs> there's that. Oh, what, what a lovely coincidence. James, absolute pleasure having you on. I, I think I speak for the three of us when I say it's not going to be the last. And bring that belt home next year because you've definitely got it in you. Yeah. Glad to see it's also not a white belt. I know. That was a massive <laughs> relief. All this talk of he's bringing the belt home and everyone's getting excited in the WhatsApp chat and I'm going, it might be a fucking white belt. No, <laughs> sure not. Right, I've got to throw it to the break because there is loads more to chat about in the, in the second part. So please do not go anywhere. All golfers can agree, hitting it far feels great. But does it feel great? A first in forging has created irons that have never felt better. Paradigm was precisely constructed with the first ever AI-designed forged 455 face cup and an all-new speed frame to enhance speed and feel, earning 15 out of 15 stars from the Golf Digest hot list. This is the new Paradigm in Performance from Callaway. Welcome back. Part two of this week's Bunker podcast in association with Callaway, Michael, Bryce and Alex all here with you. Big thanks again to James. What a character. Genuinely, what a, what a laugh. I was going to say we should start calling him King James, but two things. One, that will go to his head very quickly. And two, I believe that LeBron James, the basketball star, has already trademarked that. So I for legal purposes, we'll have to... He's trademarked King... Trademarked. So. Trademarked King James. I believe so, yeah. Good. So... No, thank you, James. Much appreciated indeed. Gents, we need to talk about live golf. And before everyone starts tuning out and going, making big, loud, angry noises and going, what again? What, what are you doing? It's legit. I'm sorry. That's just the that's just the fact of the matter. Live golf has completed its first full season with the team championships in Miami last week. Bryce, who won the team championships? Crushers. Yes, well done. <laughs> well what? done. I'm proud of myself. Captain by? Bryson DeChambeau. And who 
are the, uh, give me two of the three players in this team. Paul Casey, Taylor Gooch, and Charles Hill. Is Charles Hill. Charles there. Hill. Yeah. Uh, uh, Taylor Gooch as oh, part no, of the range he's, goats. He's, he's range goats. It's Paul Casey, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's uh, Chucky. Chucky and three sticks. There is someone else. I'll put you out your misery because dead air is awful. Anor Ban Lahiri. Thanks for that. It was on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> I'm sure it was. <laughs> that and that wasn't the extent of the the live chat, unfortunately. But no, congratulations to Crushers GC for succeeding four aces. Was it the four aces era is apparently over? Look, we we need to we do, we're laughing a little bit because. Frankly, it's still quite ridiculous to use these names in the context of a serious conversation about men's professional golf. However, lives season two, first full season, whatever, it is over. Alex, your assessment, if you would, on how you think it's gone this year. Has it been a success for Liv? Has it been a a failure for Liv? Has it been what you expected? How do you assess it? It's really tough, isn't it? Because I don't feel any differently about Liv Golf than I did last year. There have been some successes that event in Adelaide was obviously a success mm-hmm. like thousands thousands and thousands of people turned up it was actually the only I don't know if it was just the time of the day like I could get up and watch it early in the morning or whatever it was but there was actually that I think that was the only one I genuinely tuned into Bryson's 58 was brilliant mm-hmm. I think that's about it I saw people <laughs> really? claiming well, I saw people claiming Kepka's second at the Masters and his PGA win as a as a victory for Liv, but it's an odd notion to me. When Scotty Scheffler wins a major, no one calls it a victory for the PGA exactly. Tour, do they? It just seems a bit odd, but I, I think that's the odd behaviour is sort of indicative of the divided world we live in now. I mean, Eddie Pepperell tweeted the other day saying, uh, in fact, I'll just read out his tweet word for word. I tried sincerely. I just tried to watch this and feel something genuine, joy, inspiration, something. And I just cringed. It's just all cringe. The whole show, the teams, the individuals hate to shit on something, but honestly, it's just so far away from being compelling. I don't think I could sum that up better myself. I just don't feel anything. So Eddie goals. won't be joining live anytime soon. It's probably the no, biggest I don't think so either. Well, if you're grading, I, I if you're grading the year, though, you know, let's say one to ten, one being absolutely dreadful, ten being a rip-roading success. Where does it sit? Well, I don't think this is what they wanted. I don't like. I don't. I think if if the live team, if like Greg Norman will will obviously say it's been a rousing success and all this, but they've pumped a like. Think about Yasser, for example. Think about the Saudis. They have pumped what two billion? Bryce and I were talking about this the other morning. Is it two billion they've pumped into live Guts golf? Off, yeah, between two. And what three, have they got? Not. Let's just let's just say it's two billion. What have they got in return? If Yasser and all the money men are sitting there, because it is men, let's face it, um, are they sitting there around their big table in their palace and saying that was worth the money? I, 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 I'd really, I, in fact, I'd love to sit there and listen to Greg Norman try to try to justify it. And he has come out, hasn't he? He has come yeah. out and said it's a success. He, he, he really enjoys it. But on a personal level, I don't watch golf. For, for that sort of thing. I watch it for the drama. I watch it for the storylines, the emotion, the history, the passion, as well as the entertainment. How can I get up for live golf? It's it's the same reason why I don't acknowledge Manchester City's recent success. I just don't, I don't understand. It, it just feels in, incredibly hollow. And the worst thing is, is you've got these online fanboys 
couple of them who are, are have made themselves quite infamous these faceless social media accounts who spend live weekends posting things like if you don't like live you don't like golf well <laughs> who the fuck are you to tell me like what i can and can't like like if i if i like to live if i thought it was a good product i would be standing here in my spare room in south yorkshire telling you that i like live and that it is a good product i just can't get into it as i said i just can't feel anything for it so alex has very neatly dodged the question price of scale of one to ten where would you rank it same yeah, question gonna, to you i'm gonna dodge Five. that as well because the, the the problem i live is that it's it's this new concept of golf that we all have an opinion on mm-hmm. and it gets very very noisy i noticed a few days ago guy from rick shields podcast came on twitter and, and I'm sure he was looking for engagement for something and he came on and called it trash. And uh, Lee Westwood, I thought, really cleverly said, why is that? And then he came back like three days later, took him three days to think of an answer and didn't answer why it was trash. So if you're going to come on social media and you're going to rip live, you better have an understanding of why you've you've said that. you got to back it up. You can't just slate it for, for no reason whatsoever. You do have to back it up. And that's, I think, what Eddie Pep did basically had his opinion, and he kind of backed it up. I am of the same opinion as Alex. I just can't get in. I, I can't get into Liv. I'm not against Liv. I have no hatred of mm-hmm. Liv. It doesn't It no. doesn't bother me. You know, they're trying something different. If you were going to, if we were to get into this, which we've got into before, they clearly want to have legitimacy and they want to have a partnership with the tours. Right at the outset, that didn't happen. They had the door slammed in their face, so they've gone straight down the middle and said, we're going to do this. We're going to do 54 holes. We're going to have like F1 teams and we're going to go our own way. Eventually, they've come back to the table and said, look, we want a partnership. So it hasn't gone the way they wanted. So if you're going behind the scenes, has it been a success? No, because they haven't got what they wanted from the outset. From the outset was a partnership with the tours. They haven't got that. They might get it. So it's not been a success. However, there has been moments this year where I've looked at it and thought, that's actually quite good. Give me an example. One of those Ad- Ad- as Alex said, Adelaide. Adelaide was pretty good. Mm-hmm. But for ev- every Adelaide, there's a Friday at Doral. Now, Friday at Doral, some of the stuff in social media I watch now, that is Doral. That's a Trump-owned golf course in the heart of golf America. And there was hardly anybody there. Now, that's, to me, that's a big warning sign. Mm-hmm. Because the American market is what they want to tap into, but they didn't get... They di- now, they might have got it on the Saturday and the Sunday, but they definitely didn't get it on the Friday. So that, I genuinely... I looked at some of the, the the videos that were coming out that day, and they were genuinely worrying, like, where is the crowd? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they what lives in a world where it's not quite getting what it wants, because if they got every event like Adelaide, there isn't anyone anyone can say about it. That's a huge success. If they have 14 events that look like Adelaide, if you're Keith Pelly, you're worried. Oh, 100%. Because that's pretty good. And eventually a sponsor will go, I would like to get in front of that crowd, please. Mm-hmm. But they don't. It's only one of 14. So they've got. I genuinely think they've got a lot of work to do. I have no idea where they're going to go down the line. Mm-hmm. But to get back to the original question, out of 10 this year, you know what? I'll be generous, and I'll probably give them. I'll probably give them a six or a seven. That's kind of where I'm at, to be honest. And I feel like I can't be much more positive or critical about it because I didn't get to see much, and that's the biggest problem. I, I, 
I know it's on the CW network or whatever it is in the States and I watch access it. it on YouTube and yeah. bits and pieces. I'm old school. I've got a doofer. You know, I still want to watch it on TV. You know, I know when I'm going to watch the PGA Tour and, you know, DP World Tour on, on Sky. I know I just type in 405 and bang, there's my golf in front <laughs> of me. Yeah. It's harder with live for obvious reasons. It's struggling, I think, with the fact that it doesn't have mainstream live TV deals. Couple that with it's a different type of golf which we are not used to. The drama is a different t- mm-hmm. it, Do you know what it is? It's a fun drama. It's not a serious, worrying, tension-filled drama. No jeopardy. The Saturday night of the Open Championship, it looked as though Brian Harmon was just going to run away with this Open Championship. It looked as though it was open. And uh, every player behind them, when they were on the range, and Brian Harmon was on the range on the Sunday afternoon warming up and getting ready, that is tension. Mm-hmm. You're wondering what is going to happen. You're thinking, is he going to blow out here? Are we going to get a winner from nowhere? Or is he going to just depress us all with his unbelievably mm-hmm. impressive golf? No no offence, Brian. But we're looking for a bit of drama. So that hour in the build-up with watching players in the range and getting ready to go on, hit that first tee moment and everything and what's going to happen in the first two or three holes that is golf. Mm-hmm. That is top level golf. You saw it in the Sawhound Cup. All that sort of tension that's there. The last few holes coming up like 17, 18, the certain par threes and stuff. And it's just amazing drama. That, to, when I tune in to live, that's not there. It's a different type of drama. Is that and just something we need to learn? Though? Yeah. Like, I need to watch a lot of it, get used to it, and then make a more informed yeah. decision about whether or not we like it or if it's good or bad. Yeah, there's certain people in social media, I won't name names, but they clearly love it. Mm-hmm. Now, that's fine. Yeah. But, and by the way, I'm with you in the sense that I've got no objection to live existing. It is perfectly entitled to exist. I won't lie, I was expecting a bit more this year. I was expecting a bit more drama, a bit more excitement. It's definitely struggled from the fact that the the big talk of players joining that was throughout the seven or eight events that they had in 2022, there wasn't that. So you went into every event knowing who was playing, knowing who was playing with who, and then just became golf. And when it lost a bit of that drama, excitement, that novelty factor, it maybe just plateaued a wee bit. But as we'll I'll come to in a second, there are some names in the frames supposedly joining next year. Alex asked Brysa... Uh, a bit of a trivia question at the top of this chat. You absolutely nailed it, Bryce, with your crusher's answer. Alex, who is the men's individual champion in live in 2023? Taylor Gooch. Whoa, there come you on. go. We all know that. Result. So here's the thing. Taylor Gooch, he's getting, he, he said he feels like one of the best players in the world. How, this is the problem with live. Like, how do you justify that? How can he possibly say he's one of the best players in the world? He might feel it. And it's, you know what? Maybe it's a self-reinforcement thing. You know, confirmation bias. If I believe it, I'm entitled to say it. And if I Absolutely. say it enough, then I'll start to believe it and I'll start to play like it and it all just snowballs. It's a bit like, you know, James talking earlier about, you know, I, I went into, I feel like I'm one of the, the longest and the fastest. And it becomes the a bit pro- of a manifestation. The problem with but Liv. you can't measure it. Yeah, that's it. That is that is the biggest problem with Liv is that they are existing on an island. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look as though they're going to get world ranking points on the, the, the setup the way they are now. So in my mind, it's only going to get worse. I think, genuinely, I think it's quite sad that we don't get to see Bryson DeChambeau on the PGA Tour. 
you, you can talk about how they followed the money and there's yeah. a big moral, moral debate about that and but let's not even bother. We've been there. But I think Bryson DeChambeau is a huge star in golf. Mm-hmm. I think he's bonkers. I, I love the guy. Let, let's let's get him in and let's get... I want to watch him play these pretty iconic PGA Tour venues and old famous, mm-hmm. you know, tournaments and I want him involved in that. I don't want his fleeting... Because eventually he's not going to be in the major championships. Yeah. So I, I, I just... It's not right, but as we argued before, you cannot give them world ranking points. On the Bryson point, I t- try to tune in to live for the same reasons that I try to tune into the PGA Tour and DP World Tour, and that's to see the players. Um, yeah, sometimes the courses are a bit of a draw. I'm not really fussed about format, shotgun start, 54 holes. I mean, none of that stuff actually stirs me particularly. It's not my motivation to watch. It's also not why I would choose not to watch. I tune in to see golfers. I want to see Bryson DeChambeau play golf. I want to see Brooks Kepka play golf. I want to see Cam Smith play golf. Thing is, I want to see them play golf against Rory McIlroy, against Jordan Spieth, against Justin Thomas, against Patrick Cantley. You know, I want to see them play against those guys. And then when they're not, that's when the other factors do become a consideration. It's like, there's no crowds. If there's no crowds, there's no people going to it. Why should I be invested watching it if no one can be bothered showing up? The course is, it's all right, yeah. But everything feels a bit manufactured and the fun that they are having feels a bit forced. The, 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 so it's authenticity is maybe the I thing that's lacking for me. I don't think any of us are in a position to... to like, I don't think we're in a position to dig uh, Taylor Gooch. Like, I, I, look, Taylor Gooch can think whatever the hell he wants about where he thinks he sits in the sphere of golf and how good he is and how good other people are. But I'm certainly not going to call one out when he's clearly playing very good golf this year and beating some very good players to win golf tournaments. Now, mm. as far as I'm concerned, I like I said before, I have no feelings for those golf tournaments and uh, I largely don't care because I can't get invested. But the facts are he has, I mean, you look at the standings, Taylor Gooch, and then right underneath him are the three players you've just mentioned, Smith, Kepka, DeChambeau, then Dustin Johnson, then Patrick Reed. I mean, that's, He's on top of a list there of the six of the best players in the world. Okay, Patrick Reed's had a bit of a ropey few years, but those other four players, as we've already said, should be playing PGA Tour week in, week out. They should be in major championships and competing yeah. with the Rory McIlroy's of the 100%. world. 100%. It's, it's, uh, you've said this more than a few people, Michael, is that the, 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 the biggest losers in this are not the fact that Bryson DeChambeau isn't going to be playing in the Masters in a few years and these guys are all going to lose out in their major status eventually biggest losers are actually PGA Tour sponsors and fans Mm -hmm. who don't get as good a product as they were getting two years ago Mm -hmm. what I find bamboozling for some some people will not understand this but the amount of money that Pip has invested in Live Golf Piff Piff sorry Pip's the other one has invested that is a genuine waste of money invested in live golf is utterly mind-blowing it is mind-blowing could save countries Mm -hmm. and the one thing about live is that they do not their product is never diluted in terms of going up against pg2 they have stands they have corporate they have they put an unbelievable amount of effort into making sure that when you turn up at a live event you are entertained like every single event is like waste management. It might not look like waste management, but they they walk the walk. Mm-hmm. And that I just think that has to eventually 
be and someone has to answer to all that investment. Mm-hmm. So the, I think we might get to a place in the next twelve to eighteen months where we come to a resolution, and it might be the end of live. I know they keep saying live will exist. I'm sorry, it won't. It's an investment. They are not here It'll to just as long as the people who are ponying up yes, want it to exist. They are investing mm-hmm. in something, and if they're not getting their money back in some form or another. They'll go elsewhere. By the way, that's true for the PGA Tour as well. If they lose enough sponsors because they were very close to bankrupting themselves over this whole business, as Alan Shipnick explained on the on the pod last week, these are, as you to you to use your point, Bryce, these are businesses, they're investments. They're not going to be around forever. Yeah, not necessarily. They can well disappear if the people with the money say, nah, I've had enough. At any level. So you and Taylor Gooch, just one quick point. Taylor Gooch, currently world number. 214. Now, for me, Taylor Gooch is a better player than that. Best player in the world, then you have to measure yourself on your your major championship performances, I think. And Taylor Gooch has played 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 majors. He has not had a top 10 finish. He has had four missed cuts, and his best finish is a tie for 14th at the 2022 Masters. If you want to start calling yourself one of the best players in the world, it takes more than winning and having a hot streak. You have to do it against the best players in the world, Correct. which he's never going to be able to do that because he's existing on an island. And I said yeah. that on Twitter. I actually thought his record in the majors was better than Homer's, but I was wrong. Homer's record in the major championships is better than Taylor Gucci's. But there was a period last year where people were saying that Homer was a big-time choker. And <laughs> when he turned up in big events, he never he never competed, he never did anything. But Homer this year has existed against some of the best players in the world. He's gone to a Ryder Cup, under the biggest pressure, played against some of the best players in the world and been the best for his team. Mm-hmm. He has stepped up to the plate. And Taylor Gooch is never going to get that opportunity. That's he's it. He's never going to get that. So how do you know? Well, the thing is, he's 214th. Podrick Harrington's 210th. Tomoharu <laughs> Otsuki is 211th. Paul Barjon from France, or Barjon, is 212th. Barjon. And Chun An Yu is the one player... The closest to Taylor Gooch is 213th. Clearly, he has been playing better golf than all these people. The only thing here is, it means that OWGR is quite clearly obsolete. I don't see how it can possibly be of much value to the major championships when it comes to ranking, or rather building fields when it's ignoring these guys. Taylor Gooch should be playing majors. But you can't have him in the major championship. You can't have them get live. Uh, Liv cannot get world ranking points. I get the world ranking points, but they could get into majors. And that's where I think we're going to end up. How? Top three on the money list at the end of the season. They want top 12 out of 48, which is mental. But you can have top three, top five, whatever. Top three or top five seems legit. Top 12 is outrageous because they're all invited to play. They're all invited to play. That's not right. It's just not right. You know, guys on the DP World Tour bust their ass to get tour cards then they bust their ass to play well in certain events to rise up. They'll spend 12 months building their world ranking status. These guys get invited to play in tiny fields for mega rich money and then they get the top 12 in that get into major championships. I mean, that's, that's I think not right. That's what apparently they're looking for, the live officials. Of course, you're going to ask for lots. They'll probably settle for three or four. But then, then, we've said this before, there's there's the RNA giving, like, is it top three in the Mizuno Open in well, Japan, giving them three spots in the in the Open Championship? Why well, shouldn't we talked Taylor about Gucci that a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah. We, that, it's, it's like the RNA on one hand are saying, oh, these three golfers that no one's ever heard of who have finished top three in a tournament that no one's ever heard of on the other side of the planet. 
are coming to play in the open and the live guys aren't. I mean, yeah. Are we going to start inviting TGL guys into the into the majors <laughs> if they don't make it? Like, it's, where do you draw the line? I understand, yeah, and I totally agree. I understand the RNA's reasoning. It's because it's the Open. Mm-hmm. The Open is the one major that's out there for everybody. You know, the US Open similar. You can go and qualify yep. for it. But the RNA make a very good point of making their Open the international major. I don't necessarily agree with the depth that they go to to get that international mm. Third major place status. in Joburg yeah. shouldn't be Sorry, no, that's a bit wrong. But Liv have got every right to stand there and say, if, if our order of merit at the end of the season can't get three events, but you're giving it over there yeah. for them. But the, what's the what's Augusta going to do? Well, that's the most fascinating part. Do. And the thing is, they've got to go first because they're yeah. next up. Yeah. There's also nothing to stop live players from going and entering Open qualifying or US Open qualifying as they did this year. So it's not like they're being shut out completely. So if you ever hear someone on social media suggest that, they're talking shit. If Taylor Gooch so, is one of the best players in the world, like he keeps blathering on about, then he should have no problem going to these qualifiers well, yes. and smashing them. So put your money where you're at. Put your... Saudi money where your mouth is, Taylor. <laughs> Gauntlet thrown down. Phil Mickelson's been running his mouth off lately again, which... Rechange. This, yes, exactly. That's that's not something we're used to. But he does make an interesting point when he says that he believes a ton of players are going to want to leave the PGA Tour this close season, this winter, and go and join Liv. Now, ignoring the framework agreements, we've talked about that to death, and there's not much more to say other than, yes, it's still apparently quite in a precarious position that it's in. Let's say that Liv does start again next season, that it has another year like this one, kicks off the way it did in February, and that Phil is correct and a few players go and join. Who, Bryce, come to you first, is the most likely candidate? Well, he's he said a ton, hasn't he? Words to that effect. A lot, anyway. A lot, an exodus, a ton, several. Well, if you believe some... How do, how do I say this? Patrick Cantley would appear to be a guy that has been invited, has turned it down, but is maybe pissed off at certain organisations not giving him the money that he thinks he's due. And on the face of it, he would appear to be a guy that would go. However, I think he would get so much hate for that. And he doesn't appear to be the type of guy that would revel in dressing up as a crusher. He might get to choose his own team, though, because Liv have told us that there's capacity for more one or two more teams. And that wouldn't impact their what shotgun would start Can- idea. What would Cantley's team be called? The Slowpokes. The oh, Turtles. The, bl- the Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> the Sloths. Sloth GC. <laughs> so who would it be? Him, Kevin Nah, Xander. You have to move. Ben Crane. <laughs> and Jason Day. Well, I mean... Seriously though, Jason Day's an interesting one. He's not going to go. Do you not think so? No, I don't think so. Because he's, I wonder if he said I'm last sorry, year he wouldn't rule it out forever. I wonder if Jason Day's looking at what Brooks Kepka has been saying all year and saying, "I did." So, so Kepka basically said, "I went to live because they offered me an absolute shitload of money, and I didn't know if my career, yeah, you know, I could get hit." I, th- I think he sort of used that, "I could get hit by a bus tomorrow" kind of analogy, didn't he? And I wonder, and obviously he's suffered with injuries a lot. And I wonder if Jason Day's in a similar boat where he's thinking, well, do you know what? I've made a lot of money in my career. I could go and quadruple that by playing mm-hmm. live golf next year. So maybe I'll just go and do that because essentially I could just be crocked. 
exactly. by this time next year. He would be ripe for the picking. I think he's sort of the low-hanging fruit but for that he, very reason. I, I mean, is, is he obviously struggling for cash at the moment, Jason Day? Well, none of them are, but they still went. I know. Well, that's, that's the thing. This, but this thing about, you know, I, I could be injured or I'll not be able to survive on the 80 million that I've got in the bank. It's relative though, isn't it? I know, but come on. Plus, it is madness. I don't think there's such a person in the world who, even Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, is sitting there going, yeah, i made enough now. Everyone wants more. We're a greedy species. We can't get enough of anything. So I, I, I'm not sure I buy the whole, yeah, he's already minted, he won't go. <laughs> if someone offers to quadruple not just your current wages, but all the money you've made in your career so far and says, see that? I know, it but it's not, it's and I'll not, give you it right honestly, now. I do not, we've we've talked about this at length. Let's go into it again. Screw it. Would you take the money? If I was Brooks Kepka and I had, what well, at the time he had four majors in the bank, he's sitting in a $12 million Florida mansion, he already had $40 million in the bank, mm-hmm. he's been so, so rich and so talented that he has turned down endorsement contracts for gear because he's just happy to do what he wants. That's how much money he had in the bank. And he got a bit injured. I genuinely think if I was him, I would not have joined Liv because he has the potential to be one of the best golfers ever. Because he genuinely, at his peak, he was astoundingly good. But he did get injured. But he did get injured. But that's my point. I just, if you, It's not as if he's struggling in a $12 million house with $40 million in the bank. It's not as if he's going to not... If he carries on the way he was, his injury wasn't life-threatening. He said he had poor form. That's the thing. He was he worried it was career-ending. Yeah. He did say that. He thought but, his career yeah. could be over. I'm not sure. Well, he said well, that. I, I know that, but you I'm can't not... can't say I'm you're not, not sure. Those are the exact no, words. I, I know he said that, but I'm not buying into the whole it was my career was over and stuff. He's not as like struggled since. So I think he's maybe over-dramatising that. But then he's going to finish his career. If he carries on the way he was, he's going to finish his career with 90 to 100 million in the bank. Brilliant. Now have 400 right now. My, my point is, what's the difference? I, mean, I know you can keep saying that, but The difference really, is you get the money now as opposed to having to earn it. I know and that. And not being sure that your body's capable. I know that. But this is the whole point that Plus we greed. talked about before. Some people, some people in sport, and I'm not saying this against Brooks Kepka. I really like the guy. Some people are not that bothered about winning major tournaments. You and I both know, and Alex will know as well, there are guys that play on tour that know, and this is not the same as Kepka, but know they are not as good as the guys mm-hmm. in the top 15 world. They're just playing to make money. Yep. They don't care. That's why when Liv comes to those guys, they go, yes, please. I'll go. Abs- sign me up. Absolutely. That's why I'm stunned at somebody like Kepka. Bryson DeChambeau had a major championship. He had everything going for him. And he's, I think he's just closed the door on all of that. Yeah. And no matter how many times you say you're going to triple his money, you know what, 400 million is better than 200 million or 100 million. I understand all that. But you still have $100 million in the bank and all your future as a golfer and the respect that you get from golfers around the world to wipe all of that away to just get even more wealth, I just don't quite understand. I also think that not everyone's motivation for taking the money is the same. It's not just a case of, oh, I'm greedy, I'm going to have the cash. So I actually do believe Brooks, I think he's honest. If he says that he had fears about how much longer he could continue to play golf, if at all, and he had to take the money, then fine, I believe that. 
in the same way that I believe that there are people there who were handed loads of money and just went, yeah, but I ain't now I'm even more rich because they're greedy. Then there are guys, and I would actually probably throw Bryson in amongst this bunch, who believed that not only were they getting paid, they were getting to be part of something revolutionary and transformatory. So I think motivations are all a little bit different. I think Patrick Cancelay, to go back to the original question, he's an interesting one. And up until he signed with TGL, I would have said he's offski. But the fact that he has signed with TGL, I can't see him joining that and then turning around a couple of weeks later and going, actually, I'm you know to Saudi what? Arabia you, you said that a few weeks ago, and I mentioned, well, Stenson knew about the, what was happening yeah, in the Ryder Cup. Cup. Well, I yeah. suspect those TGL contracts will have a bit more footing in them. Be watertight, I would think. Yes, I yeah. would think so. So you're, you're bang on. But who do you think would, would leave? I think the most interesting name right now is Hideki because he was very close by all accounts to going. They 50 offered million, him, was it? Oh, way more. Was it more than that? Yeah. 400 million. 400, 400 million? million? Between he was, meant to, be, he was meant to be the player that had the, the biggest offer, basically, yeah. because of his pull because in the Asian his, market. Yeah, yeah. He, 400 he, million? He, he unlocked That's Asia. four times what Tiger won on the golf course. He, for me, if I'm the live officials, he is the one that I am basically saying, sod the rest of them. If we get him in, we're going to go places next year. Opens the Asian market massively. For one one team? For one team, yeah. But, I mean, you open Japan, you open China, with all of the interest. He will take those fans with him. Fans of Hideki Matsuyama are fans of Hideki. They don't follow the PGA Tour, they follow Hideki. The one thing so where he goes, with that them. audience will go. The one thing they would take with them. Well... Yeah, you say that, but then the audience didn't go for some of the biggest stars in US golf for Love Golf. So Hideki's it just so different. I know it's different. One thing you would take with him is the media. Mm-hmm. Listen, we could. Pam Live, I write him a bigger check and say, well, is that enough? I know, but I mean. And then the, these guys are. You'd be signing at a time where they're trying to change Live mm-hmm. and change that relationship with the PGA Tour. I think it'd be madness to make a decision now. Because mm-hmm. you, unless they would be told what's going to happen, but th- we don't know what's going to happen with that deal. Yeah, there are others that are interesting as well, like someone like Brian Harmon. You're snapping up the the reigning Open champion like they did last year. Granted, Harmon versus Cam Smith is quite different, but Harmon's seventh in the world. You know, he's I think the second highest ranked player behind Scotty Scheffler, who's not aligned to TGL. Tony Finau, I've heard his name mentioned as a potential. Sam Burns is the name that doesn't go away. Tons of prospects. I think what we're in for is a, if Phil is correct, we're in for a a few months of speculation, conjecture, and probably a couple of surprises along the way. Is Phil, can you, is Phil texting Hideki Matsuyama? (laughs) Come come on, come over to to live. I just can't see that relationship at all. No, I can't see it, but I bet he's texting him. (laughs) <laughs> to be honest why would he not what's he got to lose well, yeah anyway look enough live chat for now because I, I don't want to have too many more podcasts this year where we're talking about it when there's not actual golf happening but suffice to say any rumors that we hear any concrete stuff that we hear we'll, we'll share it with you on upcoming episodes of the bunker podcast we need to go to something much more meaningful something much more important and that gentlemen is podder of merit we haven't done positive merit for about a month because Solheim Cup got in the way, then Ryder Cup got in the way, and then you guys decided to go on holiday because evidently you get holidays. I need to speak to you about holidays, Bryce. It'd be nice if I could get some. So the last one we did was BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth. Bryce, you went with Shane Lowry, former champion. 
Defending champion, in fact. Thank you. Decent defence and finished in a tie for 18th. Alex, you went for Tom Kim. I'll tell you, there's another interesting one potentially for, for Liv. I'm sure he's on their, on their radar. He also finished in a tie for 18th. Oh. And I went for that. Billy Horschel, who has won at Wentworth previously. Guess what? Billy Horschel finished in a tie for 18th. That's never yeah. happened before. So no change. I'm sure that we probably have to add one point to each of us, but I can't be bothered because it makes no meaningful difference. So as it stands, it remains Bryce four, Alex two, Michael one. This week it is the Qatar Masters that we're doing. The final regular event of the DP World Tour season, I believe it is. So last chance saloon for a lot of guys to to earn their cards, opportunity for a few of them to push their way into the the PGA Tour places that are available on the DP World Tour this year. Interesting, I saw this. I've not read it yet because I've been quite busy the past couple of days, but am I right in saying that PGA Tour members who finish out with the top so 115 on the FedEx Cup standings now parachute into the DP World Tour, that they've got an opportunity to get access to that as they well get, as the yeah, 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 they get If some, they want to. Yeah, yeah if they want to. If they it want up, it. Yeah. Do you see many doing that, Alex? Which they won't, no. No. <laughs> of course they won't. The Americans, you can't get the Americans over for Wentworth, like which is um, What's that, huge eight, money on offer. 8 million like, quid, 10 million quid, something like that at Wentworth, and they, and they don't turn up for that? Just belly You think they're coming over to guy? schlep around Hong Kong or South no, Africa? No. I can't see that. <laughs> no. <laughs> so... I can't remember whose honour it is. Alex, I have a feeling it was yours. I'm sure you won some points. So it was about right. You know what? I'll, let's, I'll, let's do that anyway. Let's put hands across the border and you can go first. Who is your pick for the Qatar Masters? I've got a gentleman who is playing solidly and has a good record in this tournament. Those just sound like two things you should say. Correct. In a build yep. up to, to a thing. So uh, I'm going to go with Mr. Torbjorn Olison. Oh, okay. All right. Is he close to the spaces for PGA Tour? You can't be far oh, away. Don't ask me to look things up. He's had a decent year, I think. Tibbet, you look that up whilst, Bryce, you give us your pick for this week. Who are you going with? Uh, and so why? I'm going to pick someone who's playing pretty solid at the moment. He's got a good record in this tournament as well. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm going to pick Pablo Larathabal. Oh, yeah. He's had a very, very good year. Yeah, he's, honest, place, yeah. He's, uh, he's in a bit of form and uh, he's, he's pushing... Pushing the wrong side of thirty, but I like his character, and uh, I think I want to finish the year in a big and a big win for Bryce. Yeah, he's definitely close to the yeah. PGA Tour standings as it is. Larathabal currently twenty eighth in the race to Dubai. Ooh, Ollison is fourteenth. Yeah, has a PGA he has a PGA Tour logo. So he's going name. as it stands. As, as it, it stands, yeah. he is going to get an invite to go and play on the PGA Tour. I'm looking at it. I'm going to go with someone who's got a good record in the tournament. And they're on decent form as well, to be fair. <laughs> I'm going with the, funnily enough, the defending champion. He's had to wait a little bit longer for his title defence because obviously they moved Qatar to this time of year from its traditional February, March slot. I'm going with Ewan Ferguson, who clearly likes the golf course. If it gets windy over there, that's going to suit him particularly as it did when he won. And like the other guys that you guys have mentioned, Ewan needs a bit of a strong finish to, to lock up that PGA Tour card. So I think he likes having a bit of pressure on him as well. So yeah, I'm fancying Ewan for the win. Right, Honesty Box to finish up. Alex, this came from a question that you asked our 
Facebook users last week, and I thought it was quite a, a, a cool question if you fancy sharing it yourself. It's absolutely the kind of shit that me and my mates talk about in the pub. So I asked our followers on Facebook, would you rather play around at Augusta by yourself or play around with Tiger Woods around a local dog track? <laughs> well, having played Augusta, it's only fair that I defer to you, oh. Bryce, first. Because I think I'm coming at it from a slightly different place. Yeah. Uh, the easiest answer for me is, is to say Augusta, but having stood next to Tiger and watched him hit balls, I think it would be pretty cool to watch him do that for 18 holes. Also, as I said before, he smells terrific. What does he <laughs> smell of? Gentleman. <laughs> I don't know what you call it. Success. <laughs> what's the, Sex what's Panther the, by Sex Odeon. Panther by Odeon. I was just going to say, what's that one? So, yeah. Do, do you not remember? I think you were standing next to me at Muirfield years ago. Yeah, And the wind was blowing down our way and the tiger. Oh, it's just terrific. He wasn't as handsome as Adam Scott, but... As I who said, is? Who is, exactly. There's a sen- certain gentlemanly aura that he's got and the smell just top... <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. No, sorry, Augusta. Augusta on yeah, your own for Bryce. On my own. Imagine playing Augusta on your own with no crowds. Amazing. Actually, Nobody there would be just unreal, yeah, wouldn't it? I told you last week I've got family friends playing Augusta. Yes. Yeah, actually, they're playing They're playing this week. Oof. So I think that'd be very cool. You know, all you would have is the big green uh, scoreboard stand there, empty, just members cutting about. I think that would be a very, very special experience because loads of people have played with Tiger. What if you were never allowed to tell anyone about your round at Augusta? You were ne- <sighs> you you walk off eighteen and you're never allowed to talk about it ever. Oh, that's a oh, that's a good that's, one. It's brutal, mm. isn't it? That is brutal. Well, the thing is, I'm not allowed to share any pictures on social media or anything like that of my round. Yeah. So I, I played with the guy from. Oh, Getty. don't worry. You've gone all the way over telling everyone about it. We've done two podcasts. We've done a live podcast. You mentioned it. You mentioned it every week, and there was about a nineteen-page feature in the magazine. You haven't told <laughs> anyone about it, have you? I'm going to answer on the basis that that Tiger will be fully engaged in the round. You know, chatting, telling stories, giving tips, and basically acting like your best mate. And probably still say Augusta. Yeah, I don't know. Augusta's just different. You know, it's it's special, like. Bryce says, we've all seen Tiger hit balls, but you've never seen yourself hit a ball at Augusta, even in your mind's eye. What about this then? Yeah. You get transported back into time, back back in time, sorry, and you get to play with old Tom Morris or Bobby Jones, or you get to play Augusta. So you could go around the old course with Bobby Jones in like 1921, something like that. Do I still have the chance of going to Augusta to report on it and maybe getting pulled out of the media? Or am I just like the ballot? Or am I saying that's never that's never on the table? If you do this thing going back in time, Augusta can never happen for The you. ballot's gone. Okay. Augusta. I mean, look, you're, you're sitting there saying that not many people get to say they've played Augusta, but how many people can say they went back in time to play golf exactly. with Tom that's Morris? That's why I asked. So, yeah, if you've got that um, opportunity. If I can come back into the into my present life, and actually, can I come when I come back? Can I just come back to like ten years old and just start again? <laughs> Mate, there's just so many mistakes. Um, no, if I'm playing with Bobby Jones, can I come back as a plane. Saudi Arabian oil magnet? <laughs> exactly, I'll come back like in Back to the Future. I'll come back with the almanac. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Beth. <laughs> where where am I playing with Bobby Jones? 
Anyway, Augusta. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll take well, it. Well, there you go. That's yeah, you, you built Augusta. A very different so. Augusta, though. Augusta, yeah. uh, you, you'd be playing an Augusta that was brand new and yeah. didn't have the uh, not the same prestige that it has now. Yeah, I, I, I have to say, having walked the fairways at Augusta, there is something about the place that is just magical. Yep. And playing with Tiger would not replicate those feelings in your soul. Exactly. You could play with Tiger in a pro-am. Yeah. Albeit around a dog track, as Alex called yeah, it. it wouldn't be the same. I don't think it would be. We got some answers from our social media followers. I'll run through yeah, what a handful of those quickly. Stuart Brown, he's gone for Augusta. He says, I've seen Tiger play loads of times in the telly, which I guess is along the same lines as us. Shirley Charnock, Augusta on my own, so I could treasure every minute of it. Quite right, Shirley. Mm-hmm. Shirls. Uh, Andrew Gatenby, Augusta's overrated. Give me a round with Tiger on a mud track all day long. You lost me at Augusta's overrated, to can be we, honest, Andrew. Can, can we get him on the podcast and then he can discuss that and we will literally savage him. <laughs> Has he even been to the merch tent? Has he even been to Augusta? I mean, no, of course you, you can't not. call it overrated. I think he's one of those guys that drove through Augusta but didn't go inside the, the grounds and thought, what a dumb. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's saying Augusta the town. He didn't actually yeah, say Augusta he, Nationals. Of course, that's why. Overrated. Fair play. Sorry, Andrew. You were Sorry, Andrew. Andrew Buckley-Taylor. Tiger. Sorry, and- what? Andrew Buckley-Taylor. <laughs> it's his father. Andrew Buckley-Taylor's father owns land. I think he's, he's called himself Andy Buckler. Buckley Taylor. That's to try and mix He's, with the chaps. It's because daddy is Andrew Buckley Taylor. Um, so I go, it's Andy. <laughs> Just call me Andy. He says, Tiger, I learn more from him than playing such a difficult golf course. It's actually not that tough. Genuinely. If I can break 100 on it, anyone can break 100. You play off the front tees. Correct. With a name like that, he's also definitely got connections to be able to play Augusta with a name like that. So. <laughs> of course he does. Yeah, yeah. Steve Fisher. <laughs> is dinner with Tiger at Perkins an option? Perkins what's that it's a restaurant where let's just say he's alleged to have met some waitresses oh really um, mm-hmm. cocktail waitresses I see very good Jamie Dick Tiger not fussed to play Augusta there's plenty of courses to play here in Scotland that's right some of the best courses in the world are here in Scotland Ian McCallman probably Augusta on my own but it'll be interesting to see how Tiger cope with the back nine at Royal Dalmuir with a dodgy knee <laughs> <laughs> and Stu Bannett got to be Tiger but only prime Tiger not the duffer he is now wow now that's that's a good point Alex that's... you didn't say in the question what version of Tiger are we playing with yeah, that's... Well, is it peak yeah. Tiger or is it 2023 it's Tiger be, it's got to be peak Tiger with a baggy it's trousers it's got to be peak hasn't it but I don't think it I don't think it matters yeah, those baggy trousers <laughs> were minted and then we have Stephen Scott bunker just hurting for clicks the worst post ever Stephen, 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 there's nothing to click, you moon howling lunatic. Stephen, just roll, scroll past on the next fun. post. Chill out, mate. Fun. Come and say that to my face. It's amazing. <laughs> this, this is clickbait. I'm clicking and there's nothing's nothing happening. happening. That's weird. Just answer the question, Stephen. Or we'll bring you on the podcast and slag you rotten. I love that. Hurting we might as well complex. just delete this last five minutes of the podcast because it's just completely irrelevant and pointless. So let's <laughs> get rid of it. We're hurting for lessons. That's what we're doing. Anyway, are we agreed, Bryce? Augusta for you? Yes. Alex? Yep. And Augusta for me. Clean sweep for Augusta. Sorry, T-Dub. Gents, we're out of time. That, that is another bumper episode, but I think it's been a fun one. Listen, 
big thanks again to he's gone now so it's a bit strange thanking him even though he's gone but big thanks to James and congratulations again to his James. ego's so big he'll listen to it again <laughs> most likely <laughs> sitting there tonight hey Caitlin do you want to listen to my interview on the, on the Bunker podcast <laughs> I was really great I was ripping the piss out of Michael all the time <laughs> got a bit of a complex developing oh he's definitely English he's from St Andrews no I just yeah well basically yeah. he's going home he's, tonight he's, for his a accent's more Sandwich. American go back and listen I know to I, I do struggle to do his accent but I just do an English one just to piss him off oh mate oh mate <laughs> anyway James thank you very much indeed Bryce Alex thank you guys for thank for you. finding time in your busy diaries to, to join us for another blather thank you Callaway for your continued support but most of all thank you to you for listening we will be back some point next week I'm not going to commit to a day but we'll be back at some point next week for more of the same until then bye bye for now